Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Let's take a deep breath, shall we? I don't know about you. Maybe your day is just starting. Maybe you're in the middle of it. Maybe you're winding down, but I don't know. Let's just collectively be right here right now and just moderate the pace a little bit. Sometimes I feel like I'm going a million miles an hour, even though I am enjoying the moments. It's a lot. It's fast. (laughs) It's really fast. As I'm recording this, (laughs) you might have already guessed this. I just got Roman down to bed, which is my first point in the day where I can kind of take a breath. Chris has the girls right now, the twins, and... uh, I'm going to record this podcast and then I'm going to go to bed, but um, I just finished cleaning up. Ah, all right. (laughs) I suppose I could have done that before I hit record, but I don't know. Maybe you needed that too. Let me tell you what we're going to give away today and then we are going to dive into a bunch of good stuff. Bunch of good stuff on a lot of different topics from nutrition and mindset to money and time management, organization, all of the things. I'm going to give away a Changemakers journal today. You guys were huge into the Black Friday promo that I shared. I think I only shared it in the Primal Potential Facebook group, to be honest with you. So make sure you're in there because sometimes that's just how things go. But uh, a lot of you got hooked up with four Changemakers journals to last you the whole year through, which is super exciting. But I'm going to give that away because it's an awesome way to kick off the new year. But don't wait. You know, if you get it in a week, start. Don't wait till January. I'm also going to give away my personal favorite omega-3 supplement. I'll link it up in the show notes as well, in the show description, I should say. I don't do show notes anymore. Show description. Uh, The omega, it's just so important because if you are not consuming these essential omegas, then you don't have them. Your body cannot make them. And it's specifically EPA and DHA. So uh, I'm going to give that away as well as the Changemakers Journal. I'll announce the winner at the end. All you have to do is leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening, and that enters you to win. I usually only give one thing away on Saturdays, but through the end of the year, we're giving giving away two. First question, we'll just get it out of the way because it's a personal one, and I know not all of you guys are into that that stuff, but then we're going to talk accountability, time management, all the things. Uh, Somebody asked a question about burning carbohydrates and uh, like in your body, not 
with a match. <laughs> but the first question I do want to address, because I don't want to skip over things out of fear that it won't interest some of you, because the fact of the matter is, I'm sure that every question is not interesting to somebody. Anyway, can you give an update on the twins? I can. The two second get you up to speed is I had identical twin girls in August. They were not due until November. They were 13 weeks early. We spent 93 days in the NICU with them up in Boston, a couple hours away from home. And they came home November 9th, somewhere around there. They came home after 93 days, whatever that is. I don't know the date off the top of my head. So they've been home for a couple weeks now. It's going well but it's definitely uh, a little crazy. <laughs> More crazy at some times than others. Like tonight, I was cooking dinner and Roman was just in a mood. You know, he, he wanted everything that he could not have. He was saying vitamins, 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 but he'd already had his vitamins for the day. And then he wanted a cookie and he wasn't going to have a cookie. And, you know, all <laughs> so he's going nuts and I'm trying to cook dinner. And Chris was feeding Piper and Charlie was in the kitchen with me, and she was screaming her head off. And it was just a moment where I was like, okay, this is, this is a lot. We're outnumbered. But overall, they are doing very well. So the, the kind of two huge priorities that we had for them on bringing them home was that they would continue to eat well and gain weight, consider that one, and that they would stay healthy. Because of how premature they were, they were born in the second trimester, they are at very high risk, especially for anything that's respiratory. So this being a very high season for things like RSV, um, that would be really, really, really serious for them. So we're trying really hard to keep them healthy. But at the same time, I don't personally believe in isolation. I don't think that it is good for the development of the immune system. So what we're and that's just my personal opinion. If you have a different opinion, that's cool. I think it's amazing. If I only interacted with people that shared my opinion, life would be a real, real problem. Um, so it's finding that balance of we're not going to just stay in the house and not let anybody come over until they're, you know, beyond risk. We're just not going to do that. Um, I think that poses more of a risk than whatever exposure we decide is safe. So then, of course, navigating Thanksgiving with that thought in mind, as well as Chris's 40th birthday, which was the day after Thanksgiving. We just, we want to live a normal life and we want them to experience love and affection, especially because for 93 days, they spent most of their day in their crib alone. Part of the time it was because they could not be held and touched as much as we would want to because they couldn't be stimulated in that way. They needed the rest. The The stimulation of physical touch would have been too much for their little bodies and their, their sensory overload, if you will. Uh, and then the other part of it is just they weren't at home. And for that reason, it's important to us to have them feel the love that comes with home and family and people who care about them. Uh, but at the same time, we want to be wise and strategic um, and really consider what is an acceptable level of risk and what is not. So they are eating well. They are gaining weight. Gosh, let's see. 
we have a visiting nurse uh, through the hospital who comes out once or twice a week to weigh them and listen to their lungs and make sure they still sound clear and check their temperature and their heart rate and all of those things. She was out today. Let's see. I don't remember off the top of my head, but um, Piper was nine pounds, 13 ounces. She was two pounds, 0.5 ounces when she was born. And uh, Charlie was eight pounds, 15 ounces. So right on the cusp of nine pounds for Charlie. And that's awesome. And so we're, you know, just keep on keeping on. But they're doing really well. Roman is warming up to them a little bit. He loved them when we would FaceTime from the hospital. He was super excited to see them every time. Then we brought them home and he was crazy excited for like 12 hours, not even two hours. <laughs> and then he was kind of like, why are they here? <laughs> he's starting to warm up, but we're not worried about that. He's just being a kid and he's more interested in trucks and playing outside than he is the loud babies that just take mom and dad's time. So that's that. They're doing well. With how far they've come, both two pounds. And, and a bunch of you asked like how old they are now. So they are 16 weeks as of when I'm recording this. So 16 and a half weeks when it airs. But until they're two or three years old, they'll kind of go by their adjusted age. And all that means is the age they would be if they were term. So if they were born around their due date. So that makes them four weeks old, almost a month old, three weeks, three, yeah, three weeks old. Um, so developmentally, that's kind of what we look at is are they on track doing the things they should be doing for a three-week-old, not for an almost four-month-old? So that's that. Next question, getting down to business. How do I hold myself accountable and get some small wins quickly to stay motivated? I'm going to start at the end of that to stay motivated, and then we're going to work back and talk about small wins and talk about accountability. Do not seek to stay motivated. And I say that not because there's anything wrong with motivation. I think motivation is amazing. It's an incredible way to get yourself into action, but it is never going to be reliable. So I don't want you looking to stay motivated. I want you looking to stay consistent. Motivation is a feeling. Consistency is a predictable pattern of behavior. All right. Motivation is a feeling. Consistency is a predictable pattern of behavior. You're never going to feel motivated all of the time. So let's not have that be the aim. What we want is to have that predictable pattern of behavior so that whether we're stressed, whether we're tired, whether we're happy, whether we're angry, whether we're grieving, whether we're overwhelmed or not, we have a predictable pattern of behavior. Now, the good news is you have a predictable pattern of behavior already in something. You know, if I think about even now where nothing is predictable with the twins home feels like, I still have a predictable pattern of behavior in terms of I have water before I have coffee and I do certain things before any of that. So I go to the bathroom, I brush my teeth, I have my water, I have my coffee. That is small and in a lot of ways kind of meaningless, but it is a predictable pattern of behavior. I point that out so that you know 
you already have that skill. Maybe at work, you do this, and then you do that, and then you do the next thing. Even if the day is a total disaster, there are certain things that are predictable patterns of behavior for you. Maybe you have a predictable pattern of behavior in terms of your kid's bedtime. I have that with Roman. We do the same thing. Whether he's in a good mood, in a bad mood, really tired, wide awake, whether we're running late or we're on time, we have a predictable pattern of behavior at bedtime. It doesn't matter if I'm angry or I'm happy or I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or I have something else to do. That is a predictable pattern of behavior I can count on. That is what we want. And I point this out because so many folks are chasing motivation and they think it's a problem that they don't have motivation. And it's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. It's not something to be solved. And I've done, I don't know, 100 episodes on motivation that if that is something that has hung you up for a while, dive into those episodes. I I could get off on a real tangent here and I don't want to do that. So the question originally was, how do I hold myself accountable and get some small wins quickly to stay motivated? So hopefully I've convinced you that motivation is not the goal. And that turns this question into how do I hold myself accountable and get some small wins to build consistency. The tool that I personally use for these small wins, it just works best for me, is the Changemakers Journal. And if you've been around for a while, you know that the Changemakers Journal started as just a tool I was using for myself, basically in the same situation that this person asking the question is in. I, my daughter had died, everything had been rocked, my consistency was shot, my motivation was non-existent, and I really was longing for progress and just to get into a rhythm. So I was playing around with some different formats and structures and tools from all of the different things I've learned, and I came upon a format that just simplified it for me and it was working. And after all these things I had tried, I finally felt like I had a tool that was really helping me. And I ended up giving it to the folks on my team, my primal potential team at the time, because it was helping me so much. And they loved it. And one of the women on my team said, uh, you, you need to share this. So that's the consistency piece of the change makers journal. And one of the things in there is all about paying attention to wins. It also, the way that it works is you have a a primary goal and then you identify three small action steps for that primary goal. So right now for me, I'm in this, I have a primary goal of weight loss. It's tough to just approach every day with the general notion that I want to lose weight because there are so many different things I could do and maybe even should do to lose weight. But with the Changemakers Journal, I'm challenging myself to identify just three small action steps. There probably could be 12 or 13 things in a given day that I feel like I ought to do, but when I narrow it down to three, it's so much easier to focus. It feels so much more manageable. And there's a whole other section in terms of like the fulfillment piece of it, enjoying your life instead of miserably trudging towards your goals and feeling like every day is a chore. 
that we're not going to get into, but that's what I use for those small wins. Another thing aside from the Change Makers Journal is just turning that desire for small wins into a question. What's a win I could create in the next hour? When I think about that, even though I know it's towards the end of my day as I'm asking that because I'm going to bed shortly after recording this, I still can create a win in the next hour. For example, I could define what I'm going to have for breakfast tomorrow before I go to bed. I could have a glass of water. I could lay out my clothes. I could take out my contacts, right? I'm terrible about taking out my contacts, so that would be something I could do before the end of the day as a win. I could do a round of Cindy, which is um, push-ups, uh, air squats, and pull-ups. And it's just like very few. Uh, you can Google, actually, since I said it, let me put it out there. One round of Cindy. Let me make sure. It's 5, 10, 15, but one round of Cindy. Um, it's like 5, 10, 15. Let's see. Yeah, five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 squats. So I could do one round of Cindy in the next hour. And for you, that could be just, you know, 20 air squats. It could be five push-ups. It could be anything. It could be totally unrelated to movement. But those are just some examples. I like the short time frame of in the next hour, because if I say, oh, well, what are some wins I could create for myself today? And I'm asking that with the full day ahead of me, chances are that I'm not going to remember all of them or execute as well as if I keep the time frame really narrow. Turn it into a question. That is something I do all the time. The, the initial part of this question was how do I hold myself accountable? There are a lot of ways to do this and some of them you can do on your own and some of them you can do with other people. I personally feel that a combination is best. We absolutely, positively, no matter what, want to develop the skill of being accountable to ourselves because we don't want to outsource that entirely to other people. What if you don't have those people? What if they aren't available? What if they didn't do the job? What if you drifted and disengaged and didn't utilize them? You want to develop the ability to be accountable to yourself. But let's not deny the fact that accountability to and with other people is very powerful, so both. In terms of other people, I encourage very often within the consistency course for people to put things out in our private Facebook group because you know that that is being shared with a community of people who are on a similar path. That is a very powerful thing. But maybe you have a close girlfriend or maybe you're part of another coaching program. Use those things. Another powerful way outside yourself is having a coach. I cannot tell you what a worthwhile investment that is. So often people say, well, I don't want to spend the money. It's such a short-sighted perspective because you will make it back tenfold. You will. If you become fitter, healthier, more consistent, more accountable, you are going to make more money. You are going to be successful. You are going to be losing less money and frivolously wasting less money. It's going to pay back. 
we have to look at these things in terms of the value and not the cost. Somebody was talking about this with regards to CrossFit gym memberships the other day and the objection commonly heard that they're they're so expensive because they are. They are more expensive than a Globo gym by a long shot. But the argument was if you are consistently pushing your body and working out hard, you're going to make that money back in one way or another. You're going to be presented with an opportunity. You're going to get a raise at your job. It's just going to happen when you are healthier and more consistent and happier. It's just going to happen. So there are external accountability things that I absolutely think you should seize, you should create, you should take full advantage of. For accountability with yourself, what I use is the Changemakers Journal. And it's out there. It's I used to keep it on my desk, but now that I don't work all that often because of the babies being home, I keep it on our kitchen island. And sometimes I put a pen in the middle of it or a note card and I close it so that if, you know, my mom or my mother-in-law comes in, I don't necessarily want them seeing everything that's written in there. But more often than not, if it's just Chris and I around, then I just keep it open. But that's there in front of me. And it doesn't mean that I nail everything perfectly every day. I definitely don't, especially now. But I'm still working on it every single day. This next question is also one that's kind of big and we've got to break it down into smaller pieces. I mean, this could be 12 podcast episodes, to be perfectly honest with you. But the question says, what are the tactics for improving time management, organization, mindset, and financial flexibility? So we could do multiple episodes on tactics for time management and multiple episodes on tactics for organization and more episodes on tactics for mindset and financial flexibility. You get the point. And I'll also say this, I'm not an expert in time management. I'm certainly not an expert in organization. Um, I would say that I probably have a high level of expertise in mindset just because of the amount of hours that I've put in over the last 10 plus years. And in terms of financial flexibility, I don't consider myself an expert there, though it's certainly a passion of mine and something that I work on very, very regularly. We talked about one of the tools for at least three of the four of these categories, and so I'm not going to go into it in detail, but one of the tools is the Change Makers Journal. In terms of time management, what I would suggest first as a tactic, again, knowing that you know this could be multiple, multiple episodes, so we're just kind of hitting the highlights here, as a tactic for time management, do a time audit. And you can do it formally or you can do it informally. And formally, you can just go uh, and Google time audit template. I'm going to do it right now and just see what comes up. Time audit template. I mean, you're yeah, you've got 120 million results in 0.5 seconds. Um, so there's all sorts of free templates for doing a time audit, which essentially, or you could just do it on in a notebook. Essentially, that means for, I would do it for at least a week because doing it for one day might not give you an accurate view. You're just noting how you use your time from when you wake up to when you go to sleep. And you also want to be sure to note where you're multitasking. So let's say that you spend 12 minutes in the bathroom. You don't want to just say 12 minutes in the bathroom if 
in that 12 minutes in the bathroom, you were scrolling Instagram. You want to know both of those things. And here's why. If you don't identify that you're using that 12 minutes in the bathroom on Instagram, then you're missing an opportunity to use your time more wisely. Now, I'm not here to say that you should be working from your phone when you're going to the bathroom. I'm not saying that at all. But for me personally, in this phase of life, it's actually a really great opportunity for me to uh, respond to clients when I'm going to the bathroom. I know, TMI, but here's why. I found, and this is a short-term thing, right? I think it's also a great time to not have your phone and just breathe and enjoy the peace and the quiet and the silence and not multitask. But I found that I was getting really, stress is probably too strong of a word, but something like that, but less than that, we'll call it stressed, about not having time to work since the twins were born. Because the way that Chris and I are breaking up the evenings, uh, I go to bed between 9 and 10, and he stays up with them until 2. My alarm goes off at 1.50 in the morning, and I get up, and Chris goes to bed. So it's just nonstop from 1.50 in the morning until when I go to bed at 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And when I realized there are small windows of time where I can get things done, it freed me up. And all of a sudden, I went from feeling like, oh, my God, there's no time to, oh, hey, look, I found some. So when you do the time audit, you're just keeping track for a week-ish of where every minute of your time goes. But the caveat that I'll give you there for having it be useful is make note of, of when you're multitasking. Like if you're driving and listening to you know a true crime podcast – Indicate what you're doing with that time because maybe that would be a really great time to listen to a self-help book or to uh, review your goals. You know, there, there are other things that you could do with that time if you are finding that you're not using your time well. Uh, but we want to know if you're watching TV from 7.30 to 9 o'clock at night or you're scrolling Instagram while you're waiting for your cop coffee to be ready in the morning. But I would say that the time audit to see where you're losing time, where there are pockets of time that you could use more wisely, I think that would be really major. Um, I have been very surprised since the twins got home that I am more on top of keeping the house clean and organized and keeping up with the laundry than I was before they got home, which is just crazy for me. But once my time was in even greater or in even more short supply, I just started using it better. I completely stopped wasting it because it was that much more precious to me. And because when I'm already frazzled, because there's, you know, three kids, two and under that are all crying at the same time, I don't need to be frazzled by a pile of laundry and I don't need to be frazzled by a sink full of dishes or uh, Roman's toys that I'm stepping on as I walk through the living room at night. So I would do a time audit. In terms of organization, I am not the expert here. I would definitely seek out experts in organization. But I will tell you that one of the best things that helps me with organization is 
throwing away a lot or donating, but a lot of what we have that's extra just needs to be thrown away. Honestly, get a dumpster, get a bunch of bags for donations, really get rid of 30% to 50% of the stuff that you have. Even as I sit right now and I look at my desk, and I, I did this not long ago, there are a lot of things that I just don't need. I, let's use a dumb example because I'm looking at pens. If you have, I don't know, a hundred random pens, you really probably in your entire house only need 10 max. It's the same thing with coffee cups. You know how many people have like shelves on shelves on shelves of coffee cups? I mean, how many adults are there in your house that are drinking coffee? And then you figure, okay, you want to make sure you have a coffee cup when your in-laws are in town or whatever. But still, do you, do you need more than 10? How many do you have? 40? 50? Donate half. Same thing with dishes. If you've got stuff, and I'm not talking like serving things that you use for the holidays, but so many people will have a cabinet full of plates and bowls that are just never touched. When we last rented the dumpster, the cabinets that were uh, on the other side of the island had dishes that we haven't used since we moved in. They got to go. Donate whatever. If they're not quality enough to donate, throw that crap away. That is my number one tip as a non-expert on organization. Get rid of at least 30% of your stuff. I guarantee you that if you go through your closets and your dressers and you ask yourself, have I worn this in the last, we'll be generous, 12 months? Do I love this? And if the answer is no to either or both, get rid of it. Honestly, my personal challenge to you, get rid of at least 30% of your stuff. It'll change your life. On financial flexibility, my number one, well, we'll call it my top two tips. Number one, get out of debt. Get out of debt, get out of debt, get out of debt. Stop using your credit cards, get out of debt. And number two, have multiple streams of income. If you think that that is not for you, you are wrong. It has never been easier. It has never been more important. Develop multiple streams of income. I've done episodes on that, so I'm not going to go into that. All right, this next question is an interesting one. Why would I wake up burning carbs when I didn't eat any for dinner the night before? I'm going to guess that this person has some sort of gadget that suggests that it knows what kind of fuel you're burning. You know, like I've seen these things where you can blow into it and supposedly it analyzes your your expiration, your the oxygen and carbon dioxide that you exhale and tells you what kind of fuel you're burning. Let's pretend that that's super accurate. I'm not saying it's not. I'm saying we're all going to just pretend for a second that it is. If you wake up and it says you're burning carbs in the morning, but you didn't have any carbs the night before, it's because they're stored in your body, right? Carbohydrates are stored in the liver and the muscle glycogen. Those are finite storage spaces, unlike body fat, which is infinite. You can just keep adding more and adding more and adding more. You store carbohydrates, glucose, in 
your liver and muscle. So let's say that you just had a big plate of pasta or, you know, a cookie or whatever, and it was more glucose than your body needed for maintaining your normal blood sugar, which is, you know, very little. It's like a teaspoon, essentially. Um, And it was more than your body needed for whatever you did for the rest of the evening. Well, the excess is stored in your liver and your muscle glycogen. Most people fill up that liver and muscle glycogen. And so when they have more, and it's not just in a day, it's over time. Like if it's not, it's not like it empties out every single morning and you're fresh to go again. No, if you overate like the day before yesterday, you might have filled up that liver and muscle glycogen. And if you are not using it through exercise or fasting or controlling your diet moving forward, it's still there. The other thing is your body can always manufacture glucose, right? There are, there are many ways for the body to manufacture glucose. It just tells me that either your, your liver and muscle glycogen stores are not empty, which they are usually not for most people unless they're consciously depleting or they're very low carb over time, um, or it just tells me you're not an efficient fat burner. One or the other. The next question says, is intermittent diet, uh, intermittent, I think this person means fasting, but it says intermittent dieting, safe for seniors? Let's pretend that it means intermittent fasting because I think that's what the person meant. Uh, Yeah. So, of course, we have to consider, these kinds of questions are very, very nuanced because there's a really big difference between somebody who is uh, 65 and is having a 16-hour fasting window and somebody who and is healthy and somebody who is 65 not very healthy and they're trying to do a 22-hour fasting window right like you're you're calling it the same thing intermittent fasting but it's very different scenarios. The fact of the matter is everybody is intermittently fasting, okay? If you uh, use myself as an example, I had dinner at five o'clock this evening with Roman. I won't eat again until probably seven or eight o'clock tomorrow morning. That is a 15, 16 hour fasting window, all right? I'm not actively participating in, quote, intermittent fasting in that I'm timing it or I have this set window, but that is intermittent fasting. Even if you finish eating at 8 o'clock tonight and you eat breakfast at 8.30 tomorrow morning, that's a 12 and a half hour fasting window. That is intermittent fasting, okay? That is how we were designed. We were not designed to just graze constantly. We were designed to eat when food is available and then not eat until food is available again. Our bodies are designed that way. Humans are designed that way. Can it be done poorly? Absolutely. Some people take it too far in terms of either the amount that they eat in their eating window because they're like, oh, well, you know, I've been fasting for 16 hours so now I just need to eat as much as possible before I start fasting again. Like, no, that's that's not what it's meant for. Uh, and that is independent of age. And then other people will try to make their eating window as small as possible and do that forever. 
You know, like maybe they have a two or a three hour eating window and they're fasting for, you know, 21, 22 hours a day and they think that more is better. And, and the fact of the matter is that could become stressful on the body. But to generalize, yes, it is safe because it's how we were designed. Last question here, and then we're going to give away the Changemakers Journal and my favorite Omega. I think everybody should be taking an Omega. How do I get my life back on track and get out of the cycle slash rut I'm currently experiencing? Well, you're here, right? Hopefully you're listening to this podcast. You're in the Primal Potential Facebook group because that's how I got this question. And that's a start. Now, obviously, anything that I say is a gross generalization because I don't know the specifics and it's really hard to be helpful and be general. But my number one piece of advice is this. Look at how you can make today a little bit better than yesterday. Not a lot better, not huge, big change shifts, radical adjustments to your life. How can you make today just a little bit better than yesterday? How can you make the next hour a slight improvement? Start looking for little tiny baby steps. Maybe you're going to have water instead of Diet Coke. Maybe you're just going to go get some fresh air at lunch and sit outside for five minutes and breathe in the fresh air. Maybe you're going to go to bed at a reasonable time tonight. Maybe you are going to meditate or say your prayers or start that self-help book you've been meaning to, to start. Maybe you're going to skip the fast food today or you're going to go for a walk. Go Go for small, small, small wins. And ideally, challenge yourself to look for them to be in a, in a tight window of time. Keep a habit of asking yourself, what's a small win I can create in the next hour? And then bigger picture, get some help. Hire a coach purchase a program, something where you're going to get some structure and some guidance because without that, it's just such a big amorphous thing. Like, how do I get my life back on track? It's kind of like approaching the day knowing you need to lose weight but not having those specific action steps that you're going to take. Find somebody. Find somebody that you trust, somebody that comes recommended to you. Put your money there. Honestly, It's better, like, let's say you have a car payment. You're thinking, like, I can't afford it. Okay, let's say you have a car payment. Trade in that car and get a beater that you don't have a payment on. Honest to God, I'm 100% serious because, I mean, and there's a million other ways to come up with the money, but that's just one example to tell you that the best thing you can do for yourself is invest in your health and your happiness. There's no thing that is more valuable than that. There's just not. There's just not. All right. Let's give something away. Let's give two things away. Changemakers Journal and my personal favorite Omega that, again, I will link to a link to both of those things in the show description. I'm also going to link to the wait list for the consistency course because we are opening it up super soon and we're only opening it up to a limited number of people. And the reason for that is I am engaged in that. Like I I get on the phone with people, I email, I respond to every email, I'm in the Facebook group, and so I just can't do that for an unlimited number of people, so make sure that you are on the wait list, because 
it's a very good possibility that it only opens up to the wait list. So I will put that link in the show description. If you can't see it, if you can't find it, I'm going to tell you what the URL is now so you can go do it. Primalpotential.com forward slash the dash consistency dash course. Primalpotential.com forward slash the dash consistency dash course. That is the link for the wait list. If for some reason you can't access the link in the show description and you can't remember the URL I just read out, primalpotential.com forward slash the dash consistency dash course, just message me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton and I will send you the link directly. But um, definitely get your name and your email on there if you're interested in it because spots are limited and we are going to open it up in December. It is lifetime access. So it's a tool, many, 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 many tools that'll be available for you indefinitely. The winner of the Changemakers Journal and the Omega that I think is really important, Trent Poirier. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm probably not, but oh well. Trent, email me. Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Tell me you were the winner for 1042. Include your mailing address and I will get it to you no matter where you live in the world as long as you email me within 60 days of this episode airing. All right, everybody. Have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.